With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us for our show today. Man, there's a lot going on out there today. And we're going to get to some of those fun things you can do here in Southeast Texas on this beautiful Saturday. But first, we're going to talk about a few things on the market. So, How is the market, Dana? Well, we've gotten some recent market data that in the printout looks like there's only 4.6 months of inventory. Well, when I saw that, I was a little shocked because that really isn't the situation. So I said, let me look into this and find out what's going on. Um, As I do my own market data, I was coming up with well more than that at six to seven months of inventory. So I contacted our Texas Real Estate Center, um, who does all of that for us, to see what is going on with the differences in um, both of our numbers. So here's what I found out. What they do is they collect the data for the last 12 months. When they're figuring months of inventory, they take all of the closed for the last 12 months and all of the actives, and they figure it based on that. In my opinion, that is completely skewed data. What we know is that the first six months of 2022, we were rolling hot and things were moving. So to be able to consider that that's going to be the same way in the first quarter of our 2023 year is not accurate. So what we have to do is we have to kind of amend and modify those months of inventory based on the percentage of the reduction in the number of closed sales. And when we do that, we do come up with where my numbers are placing us, which is six to seven months of inventory. So the economists and I are on the same page. It's just how they typically do their data, how they figure their data is based on the last 12 months, which I understand, but we are talking about two completely different markets. Um, And so we have to consider that as we're trying to give accurate information out to the consumer to make sure they're making wise decisions based on either buying or selling. So one of the things that you can know is every Saturday, I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you the real data. I don't want you to have the skewed data. You need to understand where we are. While I'm looking forward to the spring here, and I do feel like our uh, market is going to continue to improve, we see lots of things coming to Southeast Texas. We talk about it on this show on Saturdays about the $80 billion worth of business coming here but we haven't seen the full fruition of that coming um, to light here yet I do anticipate in the next several years we will see an incredible impact to our market on that so is it still a good time to buy or sell I do have to say we talked about it last week When you're looking to buy right now, those sellers are considering negotiating a bit. And so while your interest rate might be a little higher, 
you're getting a much better deal on those properties than you were this time in 2022. If you have questions about how's my neighborhood doing, how's the, how are the properties selling in my subdivision, that's something we can make sure we're looking at your neighborhood specifically. Just this week, we still had multiple offers on a couple of properties. It's very specific. So if you have questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to our office at 409-866-TEAM, which is 409-866-8326. And we have someone who can help you and guide you to make sure that we're giving you the accurate information for your specific neighborhood and area. Now, on with our show, which is going to be incredible today. We have some of our guests who have such great knowledge in their field. Um, Tom Rowe with Whiteley Infrastructure. Man, Tom has been doing surveying and engineering work in Southeast Texas for such a long time. I'm going to let Tom tell you just a little bit about himself, but he's going to get with us about what's going on in the surveying and engineering world. We also have Andy Hemmings, who is with Capital Title of Texas, um, and we're going to talk about how does that survey how does that go hand in hand with your title policy? So we want to talk about how those two work together and they're necessary to go together. And then we have Christina Loki with the Beaumont CVB, who's going to tell us about, wow, some fun, exciting things going on in our area. And today she's going to talk a little bit about how Mardi Gras is today. It's not too late. You have so much time to go out there and enjoy it. So we're going to let her give us a little information about that. And also Mural Fest that's coming up. I'm super excited about um, hearing about that. I have a dear sweet nephew who is a wonderful artist and I'm thinking about getting him involved at my office so we're going to talk a little bit about how you can be a part of that as well so first Tom Rowe with (laughs) Whiteley Infrastructure Group how long have you been doing this Tom Uh, about 38 years yeah 38 years most folks would know us as Mark Whiteley and Associates we've been going through a change yeah growth yeah we're Whiteley Infrastructure Group now so yeah and 38 years. You're too young years. to be doing that 38 years. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. And so, but you've lived here for... Um, I came to I came to Lamar in 1981 from 81. a little small East Texas town to go yep. to school and uh, ended up, this has become home. Yeah. We, we've been here and raised our children here. And our children went off to college and all come back. So yeah. kind of unusual, I guess, for kids to come back to Beaumont. But yeah. yes, they did. And so we're all here. You're here raising your family, uh, grandparents now. One grandson. Yes, yeah. and isn't the, it's just the most fun thing ever. It's the best. I know it really, it's really, really is. Um, but one of the things that I love when you talk about your story is that you came to Lamar. Yeah. And you got your degree in Lamar, and you stayed here. It's the reason why Lamar is such an important part right. of our community. Right. Yeah. Great education. Yeah. Good start. You know? Yeah. You also have a a couple of kids who are Aggies. You have three Aggies. (laughs) Three Ags. Uh, So So. that's another uh, really uh, great school as well. So what a a great um, opportunity to the fact that they went off, but then still all of them came back here to make Beaumont their home. Um, Yeah. They're all involved, very active in their work. Yeah, and in their community. In their community. Yeah, just like you guys are. Well, we're going to talk to Tom in a little bit more about um, what it is that he does. But um, Andy Hemmings, uh, Capital Title, tell us a little bit about you. Yes, thank you, Dan. I appreciate you having me. Uh, Yes, I got into the um, real estate industry back in 98, so um, going on 25 years now. 
And uh, originally, I was in uh, real estate sales. I worked with my mom and uh, Nidra McGee. And uh, I really enjoyed the sales aspect uh, because it, you know, I never really considered it sales. It's more um, just a you're consulting with people when they're yeah. buying and selling a home, yeah. largest transaction they're ever going to be involved in. So I had a real passion for it. I really loved it. It's how I raised my family uh, and supported them uh, through real estate sales. Um, when I turned 50 uh, several years ago, I decided to make a shift over to the title industry. I was just interested in transferring what I'd learned uh, as, a, as a real estate agent and get involved in the in the title industry, which is it's a whole different set of skills, whole different set of knowledge, and it's really quite fascinating and so I've been involved with Capital Title um, now for, uh, for several years and have really learned uh, what it means to work on curing a title whenever there's issues and uh, just really how to offer that service to real estate agents, buyers, sellers uh, to help get that deal across the line and uh, get the buyer into their home comfortably with that title insurance policy after the fact. Yeah, and it's really doing the same thing when you talk about it is, yeah. uh, it's not really selling. I think the same thing. Real estate to me is helping people overcome obstacles right. and what's the issue and how can I help you in that process. And in the title business, it's really the same thing. It is. Yeah, yeah. I tell people we don't we don't sell title insurance per se. You know, title insurance, it's the same cost no matter what title company you go to. We're regulated by the Texas Department of Insurance. So no matter where you close – it's the same cost. So we don't compete on cost or anything like that. We, you know, we really aim to provide the best service right. and that's what people are looking for. Good communication, good explanation about what's going on. Cause there's a lot of moving parts, as you mentioned, and I'm glad we have Tom here today. Cause that's a really fascinating part of the whole process. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's consultation, it's service, communication, all that. Yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you, Andy. You okay. Christina Loki and Christina is the marketing director for the Beaumont CVB and talk about have your hands in a lot. Um, Christina has her hands in a lot and Christina, you're, one of those that local went away to college and then came back home. Talk a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, I graduated from University of Georgia and uh, tried to stay as far away from the city as I could. And I love that my job is to share how great it is. And a huge part of the Beaumont CVB is to draw on visitation. We like to make sure that people understand the economic impact of visitors traveling to Beaumont. And there's quite a few. Um, really, we're right off of Interstate 10. And there's so much to see and do here, like a full uh, amount of events and uh, really exciting stuff happening right now. Yeah, yeah. And you came back, brought your husband with you, and now you're raising your sweet little daughter here too. We are. And um, I think something that's just so exciting is the community. It's the people who are here in Beaumont. And I th think it's a huge marketing aspect that we use in Visit Beaumont TX every day just to be able to showcase that it's not just the things to do. It's the people you're going to meet while you're doing it. Yeah. And family. You know, oh, uh -huh. you have an incredible family support here as well, which makes it nice. And you've got family members who have businesses here. And so you have a personal investment and interest in making sure everything here in Southeast Texas succeeds. No, absolutely. I feel like Bando's been here over 41 years. And as loud as the Italian family is, um, they, they've made roots in Beaumont. And I think that's what's so great here is we're all connected. Yeah, yeah. And we love Bando's. They have so many different cute gifts and delicious food. So go visit Bando's for lunch. So, um, well, when we come back, we're going to get a little uh, more in-depth on each of these topics. So um, you're not going to want to go away. Come right back. This is the Dana Simmons Show. Welcome back. This is Dana Simmons, and I'm joined today by Tom Rowe with Whiteley Infrastructure, Andy Hemmings with Capital Title, and Christina Loki with the Beaumont CVB. 
Um, we're going to start this segment by talking to Tom about surveys. So when you buy a house, why do you need a survey? And what exactly is a survey, Tom? <laughs> All right. Well, you know, mainly what we're originally doing is looking for those property corners, looking for those markers that defines your boundary. But past that, we're looking at any kind of encroachments or protrusions. Maybe a neighbor has built driveway over the property line, air conditioners. We find air conditioners over property lines at times. So we're looking at that, but we go further than that. We look into the easements, anything that affects the property, anything that is an encumbrance on the property uh, to allow the title company and the lenders to make their decisions yeah. on how to insure and how to finance. And then we get this beautiful picture of uh, these lines on it. And when we get that, it has all these things that you're talking about. So we'll mm -hmm. see little dashes and solid lines right. and talk about what some of those mean. Okay. Usually if you look at a survey, you're going to see a heavy boulder line. That's your boundary. That's your property line. You'll see little dash lines that Dana called them uh, that define easements. Uh, you may see uh, little dash dot lines. It might be an original lot line. Andy mentioned a while ago, um, about platting, or we may talk about that in a minute. But, uh, you know, if you have two tracks, say you have two lots, lot one, lot two, you know, there's a, usually a line drawn on there that shows you the division of how the lots set beside each other. Yeah. And that's a different line type. Yeah. Um, it also, if, if, if we're talking about just plain lots, it tells you where you have to build within those uh, setbacks. setbacks. Yeah. The setbacks are noted. Yeah. And shown. So if, if, for instance, you have a 25-foot setback line and you build your house in front of that, you're what that's the word you used, encroachment, right? Um, that's an encroachment. Yeah. yeah. The other strange thing that most people, you know, are just talking about looking at surveys, most people think they own to the back of the curb. Say you have a curb in Gutter Street. Your lot does not go to the curb. That's city property. There's a certain amount of a strip of land in front of your home that you mow and maintain and landscape, but it's really not yours. Yeah. You know, and we uh, just a little uh, tip, you know, or if you a trick, if you want to say, well, where is my front line? If you look at your driveway, there's a joint, uh, a wooden board across yeah. your driveway that is in the front. That is more than likely 99 percent of the time. That's your property line. That yeah. joint is put on your property line. So yeah. if you just walk out and look in front of your house and go, where is that property line? Go to walk down your driveway. Look for that expansion joint, that board that's in your driveway. Yeah. And that's your property line. And if you've had a recent survey, you can grab your metal detector, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look for those iron rods so that are buried in the ground. That's what you guys do. You yeah. bury iron rods at the corners, correct? That's right. That's and right. then that way, if you really want to know and you want to be sure, you can go do that. Um, if you're, you think your neighbor's building their fence <laughs> on your on your part of the land, which let me That's just right. say, disputes on property lines can get nasty sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. And so knowing exactly where your property line will start and yeah. finish is, is really important to know. And in our neighborhoods, you know, that's a call. Sometimes we'll get a call, whose fence is this? We can't, as surveyors, tell right. you whose fence it is. We can tell you the location of that fence, but who built that fence? That, that's usually an unknown, and that's a lot. You're right. People go, well, is that fence on my line or is it on their line? Whose fence is it? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, we'll and tell you where it's at, but. Well, we can't tell you whose it is. We can tell you what where it is on the line, <laughs> yeah, though. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and and that's a, a question we get a lot, too. And, and I always say, just talk to your neighbor. 
Exactly. You know, communicate with your neighbor. If you guys want to put up a new one, split the cost, negotiate something right. with your neighbor. It's really the best way way to go. So, and sometimes people will say, well, the pretty side's on my side, so it must be mine. Or the pretty side's on their side. It must yeah. be theirs. But that doesn't mean anything. No. That no. doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. at all. I'll tell you, Tom, when we're talking about surveys and one of the oddest things I've had, and it was like 25 years ago in the beginning of my career, um, and I won't name the neighborhood it's in, (laughs) (laughs) for the sake of those who may wonder if it's their house. Um, But there was a house with a, a pool in the backyard, and when we got to closing... Because back then, you didn't get the survey. I mean, we're trying to just mm-hmm. get the survey. But aren't we just trying to get the survey by closing? We'll talk to Andy about how it's like calling Tom going, we need the survey. Yeah. We're, we're closing. Um, so, But there was a utility easement through the center of the where the pool mm. was located. Right. So having that survey and having it ahead before you close... And being able to identify those things, it's critical. So for those people who say, oh, I don't need a survey. Right. Wow, yeah. Yes, yeah. You just need to know. I mean, yeah. easements, like you said, pipeline. Hey, pipelines go through some of our neighborhoods. Yeah. And there are parts in Beaumont there, there's some houses sitting on top of some pipelines. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you never know. It, you wouldn't think this is a pretty established neighborhood, yeah. and here's this pool yeah. with this Electrical easement going through the front. So um, we'll talk to Andy in a bit about how we had to overcome that because at some point the lender doesn't want to close with it like that. Right. You know, it's their interests that we're having to cure. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll come back to Tom in a little bit and talk about some other uh, things that come up with um, surveys. But um, Andy, talk a little bit about how what Tom does connects with you on trying to get a title policy and clear title for the buyer. Sure. So the... Uh, the way that we connect with the title company, there's a couple different things to point out. Uh, the first is that when we issue a title insurance policy, um, we don't insure based on the address. We insure based on a legal description. We have to know exactly what the boundaries are of the property that we're issuing this policy on because, as as Tom mentioned, we, we have to make sure that there's no encroachments or protrusions. No, none of the improvements on the existing property is where they shouldn't be and nothing on a neighbor's prop, property is where it shouldn't be. And so we have to we have to have a very exactly defined boundary of the property. So we, in order to issue the, the title policy, we don't always have to have a survey. Sometimes we can we can get a, an accurate legal description through other means through our research. Um, with that said, if you're getting a loan on a property, you have to have a survey. The lender is going to require it. That's the more. There's more on that, but that's the main thing you got to remember. The lender is going to require it, so you, you have to have a survey. Um, if you're paying cash for the property, as long as we have a good legal description, we can issue a title policy without a survey, but I don't recommend it for the reasons that Tom mentioned. Sometimes you need to know what's on that property. There may be things that are hidden that you're not even aware of. You want to be able to enjoy that property the way you intend to. And if there's a setback line or there's an easement that can definitely affect where you can locate your improvements, what you intend to do with the property, like put a pool in. No doubt that story that you shared, they didn't look at a survey before they put that pool in. That's right. Or they didn't have one, right? Right. So when when we research uh, the, um, when we turn a contract in and it goes to our abstracting and uh, title examination departments, one of the things they look for are easements. They look for items that are recorded that relate to that property, including easements and setback lines, restrictions. And so when you get your when you get what's called the title commitment back, it'll have a list of all of those um, 
items that affect your intent that can affect your intended use of the property. So the title commitment will say what's there, but it doesn't say where they are. That's where the survey right. comes in. Right. So, Tom, y'all like to have that commitment before you go to the survey, right? Right. Yeah. One of the things that we do as we work with our title companies hand in hand is that, as Andy said, that's a list in Schedule B, yep. from a Schedule B. We go through and we try to work with our title companies and identify each of those easements that they have put in that commitment to let that landowner know or that lender know. Does that affect the property? Does it not affect the property? We make notes to that, and we do that research to say, okay, does it apply? Yeah. Does it or does it not? Yeah. And there are times that there may be something in that Schedule B list of easements that do not apply. The title companies kind of rely on the surveyor to help them go through those and identify the locations. Sometimes those old deeds are hard to read, and they're not clear on your first glance at them. And so we assist we work real well with the title companies to clear that up yeah so it we may find something that's recorded that um an easement or um sometimes we have blanket easements mm-hmm. and things like blanket. that and and we're not sure how it's going to affect the property and like you said that's what y'all do y'all look at it and mm-hmm. you'll say no that's really not going to affect this property right. yeah so that's so those are the um those are the 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 main ways that we that we work with uh, work hand in hand with uh with one another you know it it makes me think about when you go to buy a car and you look at the car and it and it's a yeah. you know beauty on the outside right. and you've got your leather seats and all those things are important yeah. but those things under the hood mm-hmm. you're kind of like um okay for some people those are really important and they think about those things but you just need it to do what you need it to do mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing on a house this is kind of like the stuff under the hood that's somewhat boring or seems mundane or less interesting than granite countertops and That's a right. huge walk-in shower. Right. It's not the sexy part of the transaction, it's not. But, but it's, it's, it's important. Yeah. And, and, and people really, I don't, I don't think they see the value of the survey because we get questioned right. all the time about, well, why do you charge us that much? Well, our actions are actually legal in nature. I yeah. mean, what we do has legal ramifications. When we set and say, this is the boundary line, People are counting on us in a legal transaction to know. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not just, hey, we're going to run out there and find a few things on ground on the ground and make a little sketch. I yeah. mean, it's, yeah. it's critically some, important. Yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah, yeah. And in uh, within the contract, the buyer has the right to object to matters that are found on the survey and the right. title commitment. Mm-hmm. So right. when uh, this is kind of getting into your territory in the contract uh, realm, but – um, it's important for buyers to know that they've got some protection there, that the standard TREC, Texas Real Estate Commission contract, it has a provision in there that if something is discovered that they're not aware of ahead of time on the title commitment and, uh, and or the survey, they can object to it. You mentioned that air conditioner, like yeah. air conditioners. One of the, when I was a real estate agent, the only objection I ever ran, and keep in mind, these, some of these things are not very common. The only objection I ever ran into was an air conditioning unit. <laughs> It was over the property line by, you know, like eight inches, and um, uh, the buyer objected to it. And it was the neighbor's air conditioner that was protruding onto the property they were buying. And he's like, uh-uh-uh, that, that seller's got to gotta move it. So uh, went and talked to the seller. They ended up moving it. They got the air conditioning company to move the uh, little foundation and everything. Uh, so, yeah, it is it uh, it it can it can happen, and you definitely want everybody's improvements where they are supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, and and I'll I'll share. I've had um, in almost thirty years of real estate, I've had one objection. 
Yeah. And that, so yes, it's not real common. It is not real common. But I'll tell you that one objection was pretty big. Yeah. Um, it's where, you know, um, where Rafe's Way, there was no Delaware. Oh, right before it cut through. Oh. Before it cut through. There yeah. was no Delaware. And this house was on the corner where Delaware was going to be. Yeah. And so this buyer, yeah. once we got that and we saw Delaware oh. Extension, and they were like, I'm not interested in being on the corner of Delaware mm. and this street. There's a little traffic going down Delaware. A little traffic. <laughs> and so in almost 30 years of real estate, that's the only objection wow. I've seen. And the buyer terminated the contract. It was within yeah what the contract allows for them to terminate their contract. Yeah, and so um, they were able to receive their earnest money in the poor seller. You hate it for them, but we weren't aware. No one was aware because it was like almost 30 years ago. Yeah. It was one of my very first um, transactions that it showed up and I was unaware. Uh, the seller was unaware. Most of us that's were a, unaware. That's a great example. Now see how much, how much value that provided to that buyer having that information. Oh, huge. You know. And if, had we not gotten that survey that showed that's that, right. we would have uh, not had that. So yep. when we come back, so many exciting things we're talking about. Know. And we're going to let Andy jump on that. And then later in our conversation, we're also going to talk to Christina about the exciting things happening here in Beaumont that you're going to want to be a part of. So don't go away. We'll be right back. This is the Dana Simmons Show. Welcome back. This is Dana Simmons, and we are having an incredible time talking about all things survey, title policy, and about to get into some things that are going on in Beaumont today and in the next couple of weeks. So you have joined us for a great show today. Um, Tom Rowe with Whiteley Infrastructure Group has been giving us some information about why you need a survey, what you can find on your survey, and what are some of the things that you have to look out for. Um, Andy Hemmings with Capital Title has been connecting with Tom on how that does work with your title policy and what are the some of the things that uh, they look at as well as they're looking at that survey. And then we have Christina Loki today is going to talk a little bit about um, the Mardi Gras that's going on today. Hope you're heading out there now. If you're not, you should. Um, and then also we have some things coming up, Mural Fest, as well as a few other things. And let me say, don't get her started talking on birding, because let me tell you, she's got a passion for that too. So we're going to talk about some great areas where you can do that in Southeast Texas. But first, wanted to kind of talk about, uh, we were talking about the real estate contract and some of the ways that you can opt out uh, if there's an issue with the survey. But another thing that is in the contract that is allowed is that if a seller has a survey, they can complete a T47 affidavit, and I know you'll talk more about that, and the um, buyer can then potentially utilize that if it's approved by the lender. But there are some challenges that can come from that. So, Andy, from the title company perspective, talk a little bit about why that may be a challenge. Sure. So, uh, just as you mentioned, contract allows, has a paragraph where the um, buyer can use an existing survey, as long as the survey also provides a document called a T-47 affidavit. All that document is for is the seller um, saying, yes, the property still uh, is as reflected on the survey, or wait, we've made the following improvements to the property that are not shown on the survey. So between the survey and that T-47 affidavit, the title company can look at that and make a determination as to whether or not they're comfortable with issuing the title policy based on the information on those documents. And, and by the way, the survey 
Uh, it has to be legible. It has to have the surveyor's stamp on it. Tom mentioned that uh, their their work is legal in nature, and so that that stamp uh, is uh, something that we require to uh, to have on there. So we can use an existing survey as long as everything looks okay. Now, you don't always want to use an existing survey. There's a case to be made for getting a new survey. Uh, one uh, example is uh, we had a transaction a little while back where the seller, when they purchased a property uh, at an orange, they used an existing survey. Um, he subsequently got a new survey later, and I, I don't know why, but he got another survey done. And when he went to sell the house, he turned in the contract with the new survey. And when we reviewed it, we saw that the wellhead for his property was over the property line. And uh, we had to we um, said we're not going to be able to insure on this because part of your improvements are all on the neighbor's property. And he said, well, how did I close on it? You know, I, I close on it, didn't have any problem. And then he remembered, oh, wait, I used an existing. Well, and then I noticed that his uh, the date he purchased the property was much earlier than the new survey. Anyway, long story short, he sent me his old survey that he used the existing survey that he used when he bought the property. The surveyor missed it. Surveyor did not catch that wellhead that was over the property line. And so had he gotten a new survey, and what ended up happening in order to close the deal, he had to move the wellhead himself. He had to pay for it out of pocket uh, to to get the deal to close because also you can get insurance for title insurance for these things, which he did not get it at the time he purchased the property. So long story short, that um, even though you're using ex an existing survey, um, just know that there may be some items on there that uh, that are incorrect. It's not common at all. It's no, like the only right. time I've ever run into that, but it can happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so when you have to overcome those obstacles, like when we were talking in the last segment about the electrical easement through the pool, right. there are just hoops you have to jump through. And, and now, of course, on the pool situation, they weren't going to they weren't going to get rid of the pool. But what they had to do was Entergy had to provide yeah. a letter uh, that was satisfy both the title company and the lender that said that they were okay with that um, easement being through that pool. Uh, but that takes time. It, they don't have to provide that. Yeah, um, it, It's up to them. And so the that had to happen. So those are some of the challenges That's that, a big one. that are found when you get your survey. And yeah. so it is so important to have that survey. Yeah. Um, I want to switch over to Christina for just a bit, and let's talk to her about what's going on in Southeast Texas. Christina Loki, you're with the CVB, and you're the marketing director, but I think you're so much more than that. You do like all things Beaumont, so and not just Beaumont, Southeast Texas. I mean, you're looking at things all over the area. So talk a little bit about what's going on today, and then we're going to talk about what's coming up. Yeah, so um, today and tomorrow is going to be Mardi Gras, and I can't just say enough about how much um, fun it will be. It's not just a full-scale event. Um, we actually have free things for kids to do right when you get through the gate. And I think that's what's so exciting about it. Um, there's a kid zone from 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock today and tomorrow, as well as really, really exciting full lineup of entertainment. So my husband and I like to get into the gate early, bring the kid, like to play around. And actually, one admission ticket gets you in and out later on. So when you can get a babysitter, you can come back and enjoy all the concerts um, because there's a huge lineup tonight. We've got over four rappers, and it's really going to be something to see. And it's, um, start, bleh, let me get this out. Mardi Gras started in Port Arthur, but it has um, come over to the Beaumont area, but it's not just a Beaumont event. It's really a Southeast Texas event. 
It is. And it's Mardi Gras of Southeast Texas is a nonprofit. And I think that's something that, you know, they don't necessarily showcase a lot. All of the proceeds actually go back to nonprofit organizations, not just in Port Arthur, but also in Beaumont and uh, all across Southeast Texas. And I think what's really exciting is to see what visitor spending is going to be. People from all over, you know, there's not many Texas Mardi Gras. You've got Galveston and, um, and you know, Lake Charles nearby, but the lineups themselves and the entertainment that are brought here. I mean, Nelly last year was just incredible. And, and I really think uncle cracker that happened yesterday, last night, as well as um, these four rappers. I mean, it's going to be Paul wall is going to be pretty big. So I'm excited to see the turnout tonight. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. Not only for um, our citizens and people who live here, but also for our community and that we are bringing in uh, people from all over Southeast Texas and what you talked about, spending their money here, which is what we need them to do (laughs) um, to benefit our area. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on with Mural Fest. I want you to share a little bit about that. What is Mural Fest? When did you guys start? And how does that benefit Southeast Texas? So don't go away. This is Dana Simmons. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Dana Simmons, and we are joined today by Tom Rowe of Whiteley Infrastructure. We've been talking about surveys. Why do you need one, and what does it do to help you? Also, Andy Hemmings, Connected Capital Title, and how the title company and the title insurance also can tie into what Tom does. But we're also visiting with Christina Loki of the Beaumont CVB, and she um, began sharing a little bit about Mardi Gras, because it's going on right now. If you're sitting in your car thinking, what can we do? Where can we take the family and have a great time? Mardi Gras is the play. So, Christina, talk a little bit about where Mardi Gras is being held and um, what it is they can do, how they get in there. Absolutely. So downtown Beaumont, um, event center is kind of like the central location. Uh, there's so much to see and do an entire carnival full of rides. Um, you get, you pay one admission ticket and then there's at least 16 food vendors. There's going to be sea lions, like actual sea lions that you're going to be uh, able to watch entertain tons of entertainment lineup. Michelob Ultra has really gone out and uh, made sure we had some great acts. And the best part is that there's a free kid zone. So, you, so it is welcome for all, bring the family and just put on a jacket because I know we tend to stay indoors during these cold weather, but it's really, an, it's going to be nice and it's going to be worth getting out to. Yeah. And with all the things that are out there, it should help to block the wind a little bit and <laughs> listen in your activity, getting excited and having a great time. You'll warm up. It'll be okay. Where are these sea lions going to be? <laughs> I am intrigued. Yeah. It's two full tanks. Um, and it's really exciting as there's going to be so much more and um, you know Mardi Gras it's well, like are they inside are they outside they're, they're going to be outside yeah there's yeah. the only thing inside is going to be the Sazerac house um, they're going to have live entertainment and an indoors so you, you'll be able to use the indoor restroom and um, it's just like a $10 admission fee and it allows you to warm up a little bit Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Andy's going to be out there with them. Yeah. I know. Uh huh. Go go out there and see Andy. He's leaving <laughs> here today and and heading out there. So um, I uh, also wanted to talk a little bit about an exciting uh, thing that's coming. When in the break, Tom, you were sharing a little bit about how your wife and daughter went over to um, Laurel, Laurel, Mississippi. Yeah. yeah. And how they loved the the murals there. Yeah. 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 What they're doing in that little town. Yeah. 
to rejuvenating revive it. and revive yeah. that little town. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, what we have in Southeast Texas is something similar. We've been, um, and the CVB and lots of people have been working to improve the lifestyle here. And one of the things that um, you guys have started is this mural fest. So Christina, talk a little bit about what that is, when you started, how it got started, and, and what it is y'all are doing. Yeah, so uh, last year, um, Min Dai, the owner of 409, as well as uh, Jay, an artist uh, from Austin, they actually came to the CVB to try to see if it was even feasible to host a mural festival. And what it entailed is we actually brought in 16 artists from all across the United States to not just be able to paint a mural, but to do it in four days. Um, it was really exciting because we had 14 murals that were painted. And we're not just talking about, you know, small eight by eight murals. We had some murals that were painted that were over three stories. And uh, really exciting to n- not just bring in these artists, but all of these artists have followings. Yeah. And, you know, that's the goal of the Convention of Visitors Bureau. We, for the last five years, used local artists and, you know, probably had about 10 murals and doubled those efforts in four days, um, bringing in artists from all over that accounted for over 1.6 million social media impressions. And, and that's the job of what we're trying to do is draw the visitation. So there is a reason why we bring artists from all over. And this year we're actually having four international artists to attend. Yeah. And, and you know what, if you have local artists who want to participate in that weekend by just doing something in Southeast Texas, there's no reason that they can't. So um, one of the things that I'm doing just in coordination with that and um, is having my nephew, I have a wall that faces Interstate 10. I'm at 975 Interstate 10. And my wall that faces Interstate 10, I asked Randall, I said, Randall, can you that weekend prepare and just paint something um, while everyone else is painting. Why not improve our city? Why not make it beautiful? Why not um, have those? And the benefit of having the out-of-town artists come is exactly what Christina said, um, increasing our exposure, which is what we want to do, what Laurel did, bring Mm -hmm. visitors to our area uh, so that they can spend some money. So what are the dates? Can you remind us of that and, and tell us where we can find these things? So March 2nd through the 5th is when the will be painters um, all across. There's 16 different mural sites this year. Um, you'll be able to go to visitbeaumonttx.com. It'll showcase all the mural locations. And then on that Saturday and Sunday, which is the 4th and the 5th, is the actual festival. It'll be hosted. The central location is Jefferson Theater, but it will actually include the art museum as well as the building located directly across. Um, James Payne actually owns this First City Bank building that will have two murals on it. And the building itself is over four stories. So we're talking huge murals. Um, and the best part is that uh, BISD is actually letting all the students out on that Friday before. So that's Friday, uh, March the 2nd. And they're going to be um, doing an entire arts and craft event from 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock for free at the art museum to be able to showcase not just the artists, but they'll be the kids themselves will be able to paint. Um, and everyone's invited to that as well. Um, and then I can't emphasize enough the Beaumont Convention Visitors Bureau. Um, the city really wanted to get invested and involved. And by utilizing these hotel occupancy tax dollars, we've allowed it so that the entire festival is free this year. So there is zero admission cost uh, because we just want to make sure that not just people get to witness the art, but the interaction with the artists. These artists are excited to make an impact in our town. They're excited to share and showcase the work and they know that our goal is to draw the visitation so they're inviting their followers to come down to Beaumont and see it for themselves and what a great opportunity you know to have your kids come out if they have a passion or maybe they don't yet have a passion for art to expose them to the fact that you know art isn't just coloring a sheet of paper (laughs) Mm -hmm. that there are so many facets
sense of art and the fact that the art museum is participating with allowing um, that on the second to invite the students to come out. I love that. And what a great opportunity. Now, we have so many amazing things here in Southeast Texas. And while we've talked about Mardi Gras, we've talked about the Mural Fest, I want to talk a little bit about what is a passion that you have is birding and what we have out um, in our area that people who love birding, where they can go and what they can do. And I mean, I have to tell you, Cattail Marsh, if you haven't made it to Terrell Park, I don't care how long you've been in the city or what you think you know about Terrell Park. If you haven't been recently, you don't know what you're missing. Um, It truly is not just an incredible um, view in our backyard, but it's actually a haven. It's over 1,200 acres of a wetlands that is not just a restoration property for birders, but it's actually drawing in visitors nationally and internationally from all over the country. And it's bringing in the most amount of economic impact to this city and region. And so we have to understand just how lucky we are for just five minutes off the interstate, right off Walded Road exit and the future home of the Terrell Park Nature Center. We've revitalized the 1938 CCC building. It will be open as a nature center within the year. And that means we have a botanical gardens, a horse stable, the nature center and Cattail Marsh. And it's really a one-stop shop. It's a one-stop destination for people driving off the interstate. And it's really the future of visitation for Beaumont. And it's a great place to take the family when you don't have time or money maybe to go out of town, but you want to go do something for the day to spend time with the kids. I mean, it is a great location just right in our own backyard to be able to enjoy. So have either of you been out to Cattail Marsh and um, Terrell Park area? Yeah, just recently. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's such a great, my son and daughter-in-law actually um, took our, my granddaughter and just strolled her around Mm -hmm. out there and just loved it. I mean, it's been a a while, but uh, I was fascinated by it. Yeah, well, you should go now. It's even better. I think I got something to do now. Yeah, I'm telling you, you know what? I think we forget when you're here, you're always looking out of the area. What can I go do? What is there other places? We forget all that we have right here that is so cool. Because there's there's like a walking or a jogging and a bike trail around it, right? It's just a couple miles or something like that. There is. It's about 8.9 miles all the way around. And um, we also have free binocular rentals as well as free disc golf rentals um, because there's an 18-hole disc golf course as well as an 18-hole golf course at Terrell Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go very far. You can have a staycation um, if that's what your budget allows and have a great mm-hmm. time here in Southeast Texas. So, Love Christina, it. thanks for reminding us of that. And you said the website for that is visitbeaumonttx.com. You also have a Facebook page. We do at visitbeaumonttx. Everybody that ever complains that there's nothing to do in Beaumont, I'm telling you, we even round up monthly events and we showcase not just things to do, but ways in which you can interact affordably. Um, A lot of our interactions are free and that's what we're making sure of is to be able to showcase how families can afford things that they can afford to do because it's really important to us. Yeah, and those little monthly brochures are so helpful. Really, you go and and go to the website and it gives you a list of dates, times, and all that is offered. It's super helpful. So I'm so thankful that you guys provide that. Andy. Can I say something about the Mural Fest? Yes. Mm -hmm. Lisa and I went to that last year and it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, I love talking to artists. They're just so free-spirited. Well, well, you married one. I know. I married (laughs) one. I love talking to them so much. I had one move in with me. Yeah. Uh, we went and talked to, uh, met, I think we met every artist that was out there, and I just loved it. 
And uh, one of the highlights was the one that painted the picture of the musician. Now I'm forgetting her name. Um, the, the the famous musician. Barbara Lynn. Barbara. Yeah, Barbara Lee. And she actually showed up. So this uh, artist had come in and was doing the the uh, picture, uh, the the mural for Barbara Lee, uh, who was a famous musician from this area that I didn't even know about. And uh, and she showed up to the uh, to the event, and yeah. it was it ended up just just being a really really neat discovery for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you get to discover all of the cool locations downtown. I yeah. think most of us are if we are running downtown, we're heading to get to what we need and leaving, and not looking at the beauty of the architecture and all that we have down mm-hmm. there. So mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you all for joining us. Tom Rowe, Whiteley Infrastructure. If someone needed to get a hold of you, they're going, you know, we didn't even get to talk about if you have a lot and you want to divide it and all that goes in there. Let me just say, we got to do another one of these with you guys right. so that we can talk about that. But if someone has um, surveying questions, they want to get in touch with your company, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, our number is 409-892-0421. Just call and ask for Tom, and uh, we'll get you fixed up. Or Google Whiteley. Or Google Whiteley Infrastructure. Yep, and you'll find them. Um, Andy Hemmings with Capital Title. Um, Tell everyone if they have any kind of title questions or issues, how would they contact you? Certainly. Uh, You can just call me on my cell phone. I'm happy to help you with any questions you have. 409-658-3695. And my email, ahemmings at ctot.com. Last show I did with you, we actually had someone call in with a question that we were able to get resolved for him. And uh, so always, always happy to help. Uh, Capital title. Um, We're here to help make your real estate transactions go as smooth as possible. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. And Mm -hmm. Christina Loki with um, the Beaumont CVB. Thank you for all that you do. And give everyone that um, email address again if they want to find some things that are going out and going on in southeast texas yeah so it's visit beaumonttx.com and it's things to do events hotels so much more than just beaumont area yeah so you want to jump on there and see all that's going on i of course do this uh, on saturdays but during the week i sell real estate so if you have any questions about real estate you know our office is open eight to eight monday through saturday and one to eight on sunday you can call us at 409-866-TEAM which is 409-866-8326 or you can go to our website which is danasimmonsrealestate.com or if you don't want to type all of that out you can actually go to dsre.com. It's been a joy to have you with us today. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week at noon. This is Dana Simmons with The Dana Simmons Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.